What's up, everyone? We are back for another episode of the Degeneracy Podcast. It's Tuesday morning. Jason, how we doing? I mean, I'm doing good. I'm doing uh, I, great. I, 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 I wish I could say I'm doing good, but that would that would be a big fat lie. I'm going to be honest. The, the vibes have been low the last few days. I'm crushed, not for a variety of reasons, but uh, mostly because of what went down on Sunday night. I've just been crushed the last few days, and it's not going to be easy talking about it, but here we are. We're here to recap. We're here to give our plays for the NBA. We're going to go into everything. I'm here for it. I rebounded. It's... It's just not easy. It's not going to be I, easy to discuss this one. I uh well, I, I'm I'm just going to be honest. For as bad of a Super Bowl as it was for you, I honestly had the greatest Super Bowl of my life until the Vikings win one, which will probably be never. Um, but look, first and second touchdown, we were we were all over it. We Jalen Hurts' first touchdown. I was very adamant about under eleven and a half jersey number on Friday. Um, loved that play, and when Kenneth Gainwell went down at the one, I was like, "Let's go!" I was because I had a first and second touchdown play, and uh, we knew the diamond formation was coming out, and it came out a lot on Sunday night, which really just extra crushed me because, for one, as I discussed in all of our episodes last week, I was all over Gainwell. I knew he was going to hit a lot of his props, and I almost had the most no sweat first quarter cash of all time with him. When they called it back, I knew he wasn't going to get another opportunity, and that did not come. So my Gainwell call last week of a Hill score a touchdown, it was like plus 350. That would have been a huge first first touchdown for me. He did luckily, the funnily enough, the only bet that I cashed last week was Gainwell's yards and his carries. He cut, cashed both of those relatively comfortably. But man, the Eagles losing that game, not only did it crush me because I'm a fan, but it crushed me because... A lot of my plays relied on them winning that game. Hey, one thing for sure that we had Friday, we were all over, was Kenneth Gainwell's carries and yards. And I was, as much as we were on that, I was, I didn't think that Miles Sanders would effectively just be fizzled out of the offense. I was very much surprised by that. And Miles, unfortunately, I mean, I'd be extremely surprised if he's back given that offensive line and, you know, given the whole pay running back thing. So I think there's a very good chance that Miles played his last game with, as a as a member of the Eagles when it what turned out to be a Super Bowl loss and in a game that he hardly played. Um, Jay, thoughts on that? I mean, it was I was surprised. Uh, I, I'll say I wasn't. And it's I, I'll say that all season long, I'm not the biggest Miles Sanders fan. He's. We're a three-headed running back, you know, attack for a reason with Boston Scott and Gainwell being as involved as they are because Sanders, he's good, but he's not good enough for the Eagles, I think, to commit to him long-term. He, I believe he's a free agent this summer. I doubt he comes back. He'll probably get paid elsewhere, and I don't think it's going to be that huge of a loss. I think in terms of how the game script goes, Gainwell is better on passing downs anyway. Gainwell lately has really been heating up on the ground in terms of, you know, just making the most of hitting the hole, getting a few extra yards at the end of plays. And on top of that, Gainwell also has better hands, as I mentioned. Sanders, mm -hmm. I think that near fumble that almost resulted in a fumble return for six, I think that sealed Sanders' fate. That's actually like, I didn't, I didn't think about that. So until you just said that, but that's actually a pretty shitty kind of just last image as a member of your team. And thankfully it was uh, for the Eagles, it was overturned, but boy, that was almost a, that, yeah, that scared me back. shitless. Anyway, that almost just sealed the fate early on. The Eagles did come back and get some momentum going into halftime, but the second half was ugly. And 
What's most annoying to me about that game isn't the holding call that everyone's harping on. Obviously, I thought it was a bad call, not only on top of my biases, just because, you know, like contact like that, it seems like happens on every play. And that was the only Mm -hmm. defensive holding call. But that's not anywhere close to what hurt the Eagles the most. It was the defense just let Jalen Hurts down. The defense, Jonathan Gannon, he, he, whatever the hell his game plan was, did not work. They got exposed. Jalen Hurts had the game of his life. He played well enough to be a Super Bowl champion. And what hurts most is that Super Bowl appearances just aren't guaranteed. So when your quarterback plays as well as he does and you don't actually come out on top, it just stings a little extra. No, for sure. And and I will say that, you know, especially now that we're, you know, a little over 36 hours since the games ended, a lot, you know, a lot of people are kind of just like, you know, yeah, the call sucked, but the reality is, is, you know, we gave up 24 points in the second half and, you know, it was Jalen Hurts and Dallas Goddard and pretty much everyone else or versus everyone else. And it, it just it didn't go like I thought it would. Jalen Jalen played the game of his life. Tough, tough game for the Jalen crowd or the Jalen Hurts haters. Tough game for those people. Um, but Jonathan Gannon, I I have a I have a friend that's an Eagles fan. He has been adamant since week one that, you know, he's bad. He needs to go. And uh, he's hoping oh, that. I've been in that camp for a long time too, but it's hard to continue to harp on him when the team's playing Mm. well. But like even dating back to last year, I've never been fully sold on Gannon. All I'll say is I hope he had a good interview in Arizona this week. (laughs) I hope that, I hope he killed that interview. I hope he gets hired. That could be some some addition (laughs) by subtraction. I'll say. Love that. Or at least love the future of that. Um, Any other, did you have any other parlays by the way? Like, did you have any Chiefs money line bets? Um, I didn't, I, I, I didn't even, but I should have just so I could, you know, if I come away with heartbreak, I could have had some money in my pocket, but I couldn't even bring myself to do that. I'll tell you about one of, I think it was my biggest play of the night. I almost had the entire game script written out, man. The It's a seven legger. I'll go through each leg for you. The first one was an AJ Brown touchdown. As we discussed in our Super Bowl preview episode, I said, if Hertz is going to be throwing a touchdown, I think it's AJ time. AJ's been his go-to option all year. AJ is the one who makes the big plays. And what do you know? It was, what was it, like a 50-yard touchdown? I don't yeah. know the exact yardage yeah. on it. It was a bomb. And AJ, AJ put it... AJ just was a masterclass last game. uh, He's the one who caught the touchdown, obviously, so I cashed that leg. I talked about in the last episode as well how, you know, in terms of possession, in terms of moving the chains, in terms of uh, getting down the field, I think Devontae's going to be heavily involved. And Devontae Smith, I had six-plus catches. That leg cashed as well. I also had a Travis Kelsey touchdown, I'll admit, you know, I had to throw one chief leg in Mm -hmm. there. And of course, if someone on the Chiefs is going to score, Kelsey is the best bet. He was the first touchdown for the Chiefs. That leg cashed relatively early on in the game. Then another leg I had was Travis Kelsey over 65 yards cashed. And the last one that cashed for me, I believe, was Gainwell's yards. And then the two legs that missed, Eagles minus one and a half and a Gainwell touchdown. And Gainwell's touchdown could have been cash, and the Eagles were on the verge of a win. That would have won me a nice three thousand dollars. That was heartbreaking. I uh, convert. You know, on the opposite, I had I was I was so hyped. I placed just a little ten dollar plus forty nine hundred. Um, first, second touchdown and, score. And this is the cash that came at uh, my expense for Gainwell. Yeah, I, I, here yeah, it is. I was. The Jalen Hurts first touchdown, Travis Kelsey second, and I was at a Super Bowl party. And when I saw Kelsey, like you know, hit that hit that fade down the right, and I was like, I was like, I see the ball in the air. I'm like, I'm like, come on, come on. I was like, don't drop this. And then I was like, let's go. Hit a fist yeah. pump and everything. 
Um, and I tell you what, I had a couple of buddies that had the same exact first, second touchdown score just flipped. And it was, I posted that yeah. Roger sent me the script. I'm afraid. And a couple of people replied and were like, dude, like I had this just flipped. And I'm like, well, I mean, looking back, I, w- I kind of wish that I would have like also did the Kelsey first Jalen second, just in case it would have played out that way. Um, but can't complain about a nice plus 4,900 hit. I was Absolutely so not. That's yeah. That's. That's a pretty fun, fun thing to cash. I can imagine. Dude, the adrenaline um, was flowing when I saw that ball in the air for Kelsey. I was like, abs- Come on, man. absolutely. Oh man! Well, that was the Super Bowl. That was that was how it played out. Unfortunately, you know, I had a lot right, but the the Eagles did not come through for me to finish it off. Do you so, want to roll into NBA Tuesday? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think that's all that needs to really be said. It was an, it was an overall good day in terms of the things we discussed from our last episode, but bad day the rest of the way. I think it's time to flip over to tonight's right, relatively solid more, slate of NBA action. A little more positivity. I like it. I like it. Yeah, for sure. Now, the first game of the night in terms of the NBA slate that I think we should discuss is the one. It's on TNT. It's Celtics versus Bucks, which just on paper, is a huge matchup to the two top teams in the Eastern Conference. But there is going to be an asterisk next to it because Mm -hmm. the Celtics are missing their two best players. Jason Tatum is doubtful. I would be shocked if he plays. And Jalen Brown is out. Marcus Smart is also out. So, in you know, it's expected to be a comfortable Bucks win. I'm not so sure it's going to be comfortable. The Celtics, just in general, they don't get blown out even when they're missing players they're a pretty stacked team to top to bottom to be honest like they're like a good nine players deep with guys who can step into the starting lineup and contribute now is there any specific plays from this game that you were looking at yeah so to be honest with you i was not comfortable taking any of these like one way or the other because you could i could easily be swayed either way where you know there's games that we've talked about in the past couple weeks where Giannis has, you know, the Bucks end up winning by 20 points and they only play three quarters, but oh, guess what? Giannis has 27 and 11 at half because he's literally a freak. So you could convince, you could tell me right now, Giannis puts up 24 and they win by six, or you could tell me he puts up 40 or not 40, but like 37 and he hits the over for points and they still win by seven either way. So I did not take any player props. Um, I did, I did, however, take the Bucks just to win straight up. I, I do think, I know it's pretty bold that i think they are going to win um minus 375 that is of course in the right around the plus 100 for the 10 to 10k so i did take that but there weren't any player props that i felt comfortable enough to bet on because like i said either you can sway me either way that's i and i i completely agree with that logic this is a weird one to try to analyze and you brought up you know Giannis. he could go either way this could be just a blowout and he doesn't have to go as hard or mm-hmm. he could just have 25 in the first half i will say you know al horford robert williams they're both healthy they're both active they will both be in the lineup and Giannis historically has not necessarily dominated the celtics in terms because they're they're as you know well built in terms of handling Giannis as anybody if you're looking at it I'm just gonna go make sure I'm correct on where his points line is set at it is set at 33 and a half and that's a line in terms of the last six games he's played against the Celtics he's only cleared that one time and he cleared it with 36 points which is just the tiniest bit over and that's in a game where you know everyone was healthy it was competitive all the way through here obviously the 
the comfortability factor of they're not 100% comes into play. And two, the Celtics' two best Giannis defenders are going to be in the game. They're probably going to be throwing a lot of people just in general at Giannis. They're going to try to make other people beat him. Giannis is someone I think I would stay away from. But one bet that I think I do like a lot is actually a man named Derek White, who's going to be stepping into a huge role for the Celtics in the absence of their two best players. Derek White was actually the NBA's Eastern Conference Player of the Week this week. He is on a red-hot tear. He is, you know, he's a fantastic uh, secondary playmaker, I'd say. He's not necessarily someone who's going to command the offense, but he's a guy who just does his job really well. He's a good spot-up shooter. He's a good slasher, so, you know, he gets to the rim and finishes well there. And he's a pretty good passer of the basketball. He has had 10 assists in each of his last two games. What I'm looking at for him is six-plus assists. His assist line is normally at six and a half. I would feel much more comfortable watering it down. It is still minus 175. So I like Derek White to dish out six-plus assists. He, again, will have the ball in his hands a lot. And with Giroux Holiday defending him, Giroux is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. So I would feel less comfortable going after another big Derek White scoring night. But because the ball will be in his hands so much, if he struggles to get by Giroux, he might be dishing it more. I like six-plus assists. I like. I love the logic on that. I if if I were choosing a player prop, I would definitely go the same way. And if I had to choose a, a, a player if a points prop for Giannis, I would in fact choose the under just because yeah. there's blowout potential. They're going to be I still I still think the Celtics cover nine, by the way. The spread right now is nine points, at least as we record. I still think they cover nine or eight and a half rather, but I would choose the under if I had to choose one, but I don't feel comfortable enough either way. And Derek White I agree with that too. What is the under is set at two twenty five. Yeah, that's I'm not sure if this is going to be a very high scoring game, if I'm being honest with you. I could see the under hitting for sure. I'd love a nice little like, you now, know, I was going to say like a nice little 2000. Is this a, are you throwing this? Are you throwing this into the official over under play? Are you, no, 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 no. You getting back into I, the action? Not for this one. Okay. Okay. No, no. I, now I love, the last thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say my last two, but finish on that first. Oh, I just love like a nice 2004 throwback, like a little 87-79 with two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. That would be funny. But I think the the last two that I think I would be thinking about, they're not actually listed yet, but obviously, you know, these the books, they wait closer to game time to list everybody. We've discussed him a lot on this show. Malcolm Brogdon, if his mm. three-pointers line is still at one and a half, this is the perfect opportunity to that to be for that to be a very easy cash for him. If it's set at two and a half for threes, I think that's something that still could cash, but I probably won't take it. He will be obviously playing a lot more minutes because of the missing players. He shoots a lot of threes anyway, and he's efficient. But Two and a half. I think one and a half is very easy money. I'll take that. And Al Horford's line, I don't see it being anything other than one and a half for threes. I think Al Horford hits over one and a half threes tonight. I'm with you. I like those plays quite a bit because the fact of the matter is, is somebody has to score the ball. Like somebody has yeah, exactly. to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Al Horford, like he does spot up quite a bit. He shoots more threes back in Boston now. He's hit this line plenty of times when they're fully healthy. I Let me just go through his lines for this specific play in recent history, but it's going to be a relatively consistent cash. I do believe he has made at least two threes in about 60% of his last 10 games. So six out of 10 and he'll be shooting more. He shot without uh, Tatum and Brown last game. He shot seven threes, made four of them. So again, 
the it's going to be an uptick in attempts. If he's shooting seven attempts, he'll make right. two. Two out two out of seven is translates to twenty eight point six percent. So exactly. if an NBA player can't make that. I mean, that's something I'm willing to risk every single time. Um, exactly. There is a game tonight. Uh, it falls into the lot of points. Um, it's going to be a lot, lot of props. Uh, it is Wizards Blazers. Hmm. Is there any plays you had in this? Because there's there's a couple that I had in this that I that I this is tonight. this is actually the one game that I struggled to pinpoint anything in particular. There's a lot that could go down, but with it so close to the All Star break, some new faces, Wizards are missing Kuzma. There, it was it was hard for me to pinpoint any one thing. What were you looking at? So uh, there's a couple things to note here. Uh, both teams are coming off of back to backs. Um, however, the Wizards, this is their third game in four days out on the West Coast, 3,000 miles from home. Kind of makes a big deal. So I do like uh, Blazers' money line. And to go back to the uh, 10 to 10K play that I had, it was Bucks and Blazers' money line. And I'm comfortably taking the Blazers, even though they are on a back-to-back. Um, and I also like Anthony Simons' threes. He was just 2 of 5 last night. Typically, Simons shoots more threes than 5. And uh, Dame had, I want to say off the top of my head, I want to say he had 40 last night and uh i think there's a chance not to say dame's gonna you know play a backseat to amford tonight but i do think he will be a little more involved as simons is as we've discussed a lot on the show he is a huge three-point guy and uh over the past six games he's shot at least seven threes in uh four of those games and if you even go back to eight games he shot at least seven threes in six of his last eight so i like anthony simons uh four threes for a little spice tonight and uh, Absolutely. we're going to play that with Blazers money line. Yeah, Simons, I will say as of late, he's been in a slump. He has not cleared this three-pointer line in the last four games. In the last 10, he's only cleared it three times. But as you mentioned, he gets the volume almost every night. He shoots as many three-pointers as anybody in the league. He's just been a bit of, in a bit of a slump. And now... Trying to relate him to some recent news that came out that NBA's three-point contest participants got announced. He is one of them. You know, tonight, maybe he's going to come out. He's like, you know what? I'm in a bit of a slump, but I'm in the three-point contest. I got to get going. I got to show people why I'm in this contest in the first place. This is a good place to do it against a, a relatively weak Wizards defense. He's got a good matchup for a bounce-back night to break that slump, go into the All-Star weekend strong. Maybe he comes out on top in the three-point contest. Who knows? I'm with you. And if there is one thing that we've discussed, the Wizards do not play defense. Um, I'd mm-hmm. like to toss a play on the official over under with three and four on the year, but I'm not. I just I don't feel comfortable with 236 with Kuzma out. I need somebody else in the Wizards to. Yeah, that I'd feel comfortable and I just I don't. So I'd like to, but I'm not. Um, but I do think there will be a lot of points scored in this game. For sure, for sure. Now, speaking of matchups tonight that will have a lot of points scored, I think the Kings and Suns is a very fun matchup for tonight. And I've got a few plays that I'm pretty confident in. The first one, just to start off, I like, despite them being on the road, I like Kings money line tonight. They're the underdogs. They're two and a half point underdogs is the spread. Plus 120 is the money line. I like the Kings to win this game for a couple of reasons. One, to start off with the obvious, the Suns almost just completely gutted their roster to get Kevin Durant. They traded away quite a few of their best rotational pieces. Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson are gone. That's two of their best defenders gone right there. So on top of a highly vaunted Kings offense, the Suns are missing their best defenders to slow that offense down. So the Kings will come in red hot. The King, The Suns are also... 
um Oh, I just lost my train of thought. Hold up. I'll, I'll take over. Um, yeah, take over, take over, take over. Uh, take okay. over. I got you. I'll, I'll find my place. Team, teamwork. Um, I like De'Aaron Fox, 25 points tonight, minus 165. Uh, this is going to be – it's going to be a high-flying game. Love that. And the reality is I think if the Kings are to win this game on the road, somebody's going to have to step up. So De'Aaron Fox, 25 plus Kings money line would be 205. And to even toss a little bit of a three-point play in there, um, I know he's only minus 250, but I, I would also like Kevin Herder two threes. So if we had a little SGP of De'Aaron twenty five, uh, Kings money line, and of course Herder two threes, we'd, we'd be looking at a plus three sixteen. And as Jason mentioned, with the Suns trading a lot of depth pieces to get uh, Kevin Durant, I think that favors the Kings wings tonight, and especially my guy Kevin Herder. Absolutely, and I'm glad you brought up Kevin Herter. I do have a play for him that I was going to bring up, and it's the same along the same lines. You you're watering down the three play to two. I like him to hit the over two and a half. It is plus money as well. It's plus one thirty six for him to hit three threes. He hasn't necessarily been clearing this line as consistently as you would like to play it. However, we've discussed in the past. You know, there's an every other night with Kevin Herter and Malik Monk both playing the same position. They play similar minutes despite Monk coming off the bench. Either one of them can be the one to go off on any given night. Malik Monk's injured. And last game, Kevin Herter played more minutes than he would normally play when they're both healthy. So Kevin Herter's minutes are in an uptick. He's going to be more involved. The Suns on the season as a whole, the shooting guard position has been their weakest spot to defend. So Kevin Herter has the matchup of everyone on the Kings. Not to say that other guys on the Kings aren't going to go off. Like De'Aaron Fox, obviously, is the one running the show. And DeMontis Sabonis is where a lot of the offense runs through. But Herder, he has the matchup. He's ready to shoot on a moment's notice. He's a good three-point shooter, shooting 40% from three. I like Kevin Herter's threes tonight. And then for the Suns, it's a player. I like Devin Booker. And again, I realize there will be some hesitancy taking Devin Booker to score some points because he is still coming back from his injury. He's not playing his normal minutes. He only played 26 minutes in each of the last two games, and he did not clear his points line in each of the last two games. But his minutes gradually increased from the first game back from that injury to the next one. I think he could be playing a little bit more minutes again tonight. He's getting his shots up. He's shooting about 18 shots per game in those limited minutes. If he gets a few more minutes, he's going to shoot about 20 times tonight. He's been shooting a lot more threes. And in terms of matchups, the Kings, as we mentioned, they're one of the worst defenses in the league. And this is his first game at home since his return from injury. So he's back in front of the home crowd. He's going to want to have a good game. The Suns are missing a lot of contributors, so he's going to have to perform well if they want to win. Again, I picked the Kings to win, but I think it'll be a close one. And I think Booker will help keep it close. And I think if there's any props to kind of go off at the Devin Booker point, I think if you're taking any props from this game, uh, specifically threes or points, Devin Booker's a great guy to look look towards because he's going, you know, the opportunities there. You think, I mean, like speaking out loud, just let's just think out loud. Devin Booker in a game where he's far and away the best scorer for the team, far and away, is, is he going to just dump the ball into eight and every time in his first home game back off the injury? No. So I like Devin Booker over 25 and a half. Um, and if it doesn't hit, then I would follow this thought process every single time because the opportunity's there. And if he can't get 25 points on what we presume to be 20, 21 attempts. Exactly. We, it is what it exactly. is. You know? Like and we've, we've, we say it time and time again on this show, you want to bet volume. You don't necessarily just bet, you know, instinct or like, oh, I think this guy's going to have a, an outlier big night. You bet 
the volume when it's consistent. Devin Booker is someone who gets the most consistent shooting volume in the league in terms of shots up. He is their go-to guy. He's going to reclaim that role in, in front of the home crowd. I think he could easily go for 30 if he gets back to maybe... He's played 26 minutes the last two games. I think he'll play about 30 minutes tonight. I think he could easily get 30 points in those 30 minutes. Are there, I completely agree, by the way, are there any other props you're looking towards or you're looking at? Uh, from this game or in general? Yeah, well, this game and then in general. Uh, that is all I was okay. honing in on from this game. If there's another game you're looking at, by all means. Uh, let's see here. There was, there, hold Ooh. on here. There is actually one play that I really like for tonight that I just want to hop right into. It's in the other late game. It is the Clippers versus Warriors. It's It feels like a trap. Everything in my mind is telling me it's a trap, but I simply can't like go against it. It's Kawhi Leonard to score over 22.5 points. Kawhi, in the month of January, was on a tear. He's been averaging 28 points since the start of that month. He's been killing it. He's coming off of a game where he rested, so he's going to have the fresh legs. You know, Kawhi Leonard, he specifically has had a long break to prepare himself, not only to just be as fresh as possible, but to go into the All-Star weekend, you know, maintaining that health. Obviously, that's been a worry for him, but he has not played a game in six days. So he's got the fresh legs. He's going against a Warriors team who's missing a few key guys. Obviously, Steph is out and a few bench players on top of that. I don't think this will be a blowout either way. I think the Warriors are good enough to keep games close, but Kawhi Leonard, I don't see any reason why he doesn't continue on that hot streak he's been on. 22 and a half seems way too low for him. If it ends up being a trap line and he goes for like 15 points, then I'll eat it. But this is like one of the most uh, confident plays I have for the night. No, and I'm with you. And the thing is, is the Warriors are coming off a of back-to-back. -back. They played the Wizards last night. I actually, I took the Warriors to win last night and they did. But Kawhi off six days, 22 and a half against a team that's legs are not the freshest given they had to travel from San Francisco down to LA. Granted, not a far trip, but still had to travel nonetheless. I'm 100% with you. And I'm glad that you've, that, that, that play is discussed because I feel like that is, that's, that's free money. You know, I, I love that play. It, um, it sure also, seems like it. Right. And I would also take that with a Clippers win. I'm actually going to, uh, Take that in another and the official degeneracy pod 10 to 10 K for a little plus 122 action. So that is okay, that okay. is uh going to be today's play for the pod for the 10 to 10 K. Absolutely. I, I love that. Yeah, I'm all over that. Now you said you had one more play. Was there any what were what game were we looking for? Uh the last one that I have circled is a bit of a an unusual one, but it comes from the Magic versus the Raptors game. I'm looking at a guy who actually is coming off of a huge game last game, and I'm actually going to bet against him. I don't fade players often, but this is something I'm betting the under on. I'm looking at Markel Fultz under 25 and a half points, rebounds, and assists combined. Now, Markel Fultz was one assist away from a triple-double last game, but the Raptors are a team that... They've got as much length as anybody. They prevent guys from getting easy looks all around. Fultz has not cleared this line in nine of his last 10 games. That game where, last night where he had the near triple-double was the only time he's done it in recent memory. I think this is an overreaction to that huge night from him. And on top of that, 
Last game, Cole Anthony was out. He is expected to return, so that's another guard in the rotation. The Magic are a team that don't play anybody really heavy minutes. They have a very deep rotation because they're so young and they're trying to develop so many guys. Fultz's minutes, they fly all over the place. He's been playing about 30 minutes per game lately, but with Suggs back healthy, Cole Anthony coming back, he might not play 30 minutes. He's not necessarily the most ball dominant. He's a good passer, but even in games where he's had about eight, nine, 10 assists, he's still managed to go under this point rebound assist line because he's only scored about 10 or 11 points in those games. He still finishes well under this more often than not. And against a Raptors team with as much length on defense as anybody to throw at him, Fultz is not a guy who shoots from the outside very often. So he relies a lot on getting inside to be productive. The Raptors are not a team that allow that. I I'm going against folds. I'm with you just on a different player. I'm, I'm fading another player. I actually faded him on Friday. I think it was um, third game in four day for the four third game in four days for the magic. Uh, Paulo Bencaro, number one overall pick. He has hit under his line tonight, which is 19 and a half uh, in three of the past four games. And even if you want to uh, take that back to seven, he's hit it under in five of the last seven. Um, and even when he's went over, it's been just 22 points. Not to say 22 points is, you know, like just 22, but he's not clearing it by much. It's not like, you know, he's erupting for 30 or anything like that. Um, the last time he had 29 was back on January 30th. So we're looking. You know, five of the past seven games, he's went under, like you said, stifling Raptors defense. Um, I like Paulo under quite a bit tonight, under 19. And I also like the Raptors money line. That's a plus 137 SGP. I actually like the Raptors money line tonight quite a bit. I know it's uh, given that they are seven point favorites. It's a bit of a, you know, no shit pick, but I like that quite a bit. And uh, one thing that we just did discuss was the Kawhi over 22 and Clippers money line along with this. So if you pair those two SGPs, we're looking at a little plus 428 uh, Tuesday evening two-game SGP. Which is not too bad at all. I think you're trying to play safe when you mm-hmm. find, you know, watered-down plays like that. And I I like it a lot. You know, Kawhi Leonard is one of the hottest hands in the league. Um, Paolo Bancaro, he's had so many ups and downs this season. Right. Like, he's he's become a bit infamous in the gambling world mm-hmm. because – it seems like every time, you know, the community is on Paolo, he goes for like 12 points. And then when everyone's like, oh, screw Paolo, I'm fading him this week, he goes for like 28. So right. he's just been a very frustrating guy to bet on, it seems like. And against a Raptors team, as I mentioned, everything that I said about, you know, my Fultz play, it applies to Paolo as well. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get easy looks. They're going to make it hard on him. Under, I could easily see happening. I, I think the signature, like, describe Paulo Bencaro's rookie season from a gambling perspective in, like, like a two-game period, um, I think look no further than the day after the NFC Championship. He erupts for 29 in Philly. They win technically by double digits. And then they play 48 hours later, and he goes 5 of 18, 27% from the floor, and they lose by double digits. Like, describe yeah, that, him in one sentence. That, that that's day. the Paolo experience this year. He's <laughs> he's had some incredibly high highs. He's also had some incredibly yeah. frustrating lows. It makes it so hard to pick which one's going to come for him. But when you look at matchups, this is – a matchup that works against him. So the logic is there to go fade him, pick the under. 
All right. Um, I think that's a good, do you have any other plays? I think it's a good stopping point. Uh, I, I believe that's a good spot stopping point as well. I ran through everything that I had circled. I'm pretty confident in a lot of what I brought up. I'd say the one that I'm most hesitant on taking for the night is Devin Booker's points only because of the fact he's still on a technical minutes restriction, but I still love how involved he is in that offense with all of their key guys being traded away and Kevin Durant is not back yet. So there's, there's just like, there's no reason for him to continue being held back when the Suns need him as much as they do. Let him cook. Absolutely. Let him cook. But in that regard, that will wrap it up for today's episode. We will only have one more episode coming this week because the NBA's All-Star Weekend is coming up and there's just not going to be much other action. So we'll have another episode for you on Thursday. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, turn on notifications. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, leave a like on the video, comment down below what you think of our plays, what you're playing for tonight. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you are an audio listener. And we'll see you next time. Love you guys.